Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and thank you so much again for joining us as we continue our uh, Journey Through Scripture podcast. Um, we are uh, This is our Thursday edition, and we are back into 2 Samuel today. So we'll be in 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 18. So 2 Samuel 13 through 18. Uh, we'll also read Psalm 3 and Psalm 7. All right. So we we ended uh, last uh, Tuesday um, with the the death of uh, David's son that he had with Bathsheba. Um, we talked about David's failings with with uh, Bathsheba and how he had Uriah killed. Um, and uh, chapter twelve ends with Solomon being born um, from Bathsheba. So he will be the eventual uh, king. And so isn't that interesting? How out of all of that circumstance that God was very displeased with, um, that it was through Bathsheba that uh, uh, Solomon is born, who, who continues the Davidic line uh, of, of the monarchy. Um, and and we, we see uh, kind of where uh, David continues uh, his uh, military dominance um, and things, uh, you know, end there in chapter 12. And now we go to chapter 13, and we, we really focus a lot on the tumultuousness. That's a, that was not the word that I was planning on using, but the, the chaos uh, within David's family and his family life. And all of this is a result of his sinfulness. Um, it, it, our, our sin leads to certain consequences, and, and this is definitely a, a consequence of David's uh, sinfulness. <coughs> Excuse me. So chapter 13, we have... Uh, Two of David's uh, children, and uh, and a lot of times, remember these children are are, are not full siblings. Uh, many times they're half siblings because uh, David had lots of wives. Um, this is Amnon and Tamar. Amnon uh, loved Tamar, um, the and that was Absalom's sister. So you have Amnon, David's son, Absalom, David's son, and Tamar, Absalom's sister or David's daughter. Um, well, Amnon was uh, infatuated uh, with Tamar and wanted to uh, basically have sex with her, uh, break it down pretty simply. Um, and so he comes up with this plan, uh, or a, a, a friend of him's come with, up with his plan, says, you know, tell the king that you're very sick and that you need your sister to come and comfort you. And so that happens. And uh, he asked the sister, Tamar, uh, to sleep with him. She he says no, and then so he forces her and he rapes her. Um, just ho- horrible. I mean, it's just uh, uh, unbelievable, um, you know, that that would happen. And sadly, uh, things like that continue to happen today because sin is sin, and there is nothing new under the sun. Um, and and so we see that uh, I, I do want to read uh, verse fourteen says, however, he would not uh, heed her voice, and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. And then in verse 15, then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, arise and be gone. And then Tamar says, that, you know, of course, everything that you've done is horrible. She openly is is uh, mourning. She put ashes on her head. That was uh, ashes were, uh, you know, the 
considered unclean. Um, so whenever you were doing that, you were kind of putting on, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, the uncleanliness of the ashes as representation of, of how you felt and, and the, uh, the grief that you were going through. Uh, she also tore her clothes. Uh, that's a, another thing that was revealing how, the grief that she had. Um, it says, but King David heard all of these things. He was very angry. Uh, and, and, but Absalom was kind of, you, 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 if you read between the lines, you kind of realize, okay, he's obviously already plotting something. It says, Absalom uh, spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. Um, Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced uh, his sister Tamar. Right? So he's, he's not outwardly showing that he is uh, overly angry, but within him he is. And that leads, you continue, where Absalom sets up a, a trap uh, for uh, Amnon and murders Amnon. Uh, it's kind of interesting. David uh, uh, thinks at first that Absalom has killed all of his sons, um, but that is not the case. It is only Amnon. And we see at the end of chapter 13, it says, But Absalom fled and went to Talmai uh, um, in Gesher, uh, and David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Gesher and was there for three years. King David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. So it's kind of this weird thing. David doesn't... He doesn't take care of the issue himself. There's, uh, there doesn't appear to be punishment for Amnon. Um, so David is just allowing this horrible stuff to go on, but he's saddened by it because he knows it's wrong. Um, and he, he thinks that the consequence of that is that Absalom kills all of his sons. Uh, so Absalom thinks the, the king will be coming after him, so he leaves. But David actually didn't want, uh, wouldn't have uh, forced Absalom to leave. It's just a mess of a family situation. Uh, as good as a king as David was, he was doing a horrible job as a father. So uh, finally, uh, chapter 14 talks about Absalom's uh, return to Jerusalem. Uh, Joab, uh, David's main general, actually um, kind of uses a, a woman to go and to talk to David and basically convince David uh, that it's okay now for Absalom to come back. Um, and, uh, and so uh, Absalom returns to Jerusalem, uh, but uh, but he does not see the king for another couple of years. Um, and then you keep you keep going, and uh, Absalom. It's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, Absalom summons Joab because he wants to now be able to go uh, and and see David and see the king. Uh, Joab doesn't listen to him twice, so Absalom has his men burn a field of Joabs. Uh, so then Joab. Uh, Pays attention then, and he goes to Absalom, and Absalom uh, asks him, uh, "I want to go back, and I want to see uh, uh, see the the king, see my father." Um, so he he goes back uh, there at the end of chapter fourteen. Says so. Joab went to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king, bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. So there was uh, there was some forgiveness there. You kind of get the feeling that there would have been forgiveness a long time ago, uh, but neither party really reached out to the other. They were they didn't they didn't want to fix the issue, and and I, I think we see that in our own lives uh, that we uh, we make assumptions about what other people are thinking, 
um, and what their intentions are, and and we just assume that to be true. Um, it it's a lot healthier to go ahead and, and try to resolve uh, those issues. Sometimes they can't be resolved, um, but. Uh, David and Absalom uh, obviously have a uh, a difficult relationship here, um, but it does have uh, some forgiveness. But that leads us to chapter 15. So after this happens, um, Absalom is a little freer, you know, within the uh, within the empire, if you will. And so he starts basically garnering support. And as you read this, you'll see that it was obviously a plan uh, for him to to start bringing support away from David and to him and, and kind of subtly getting people to question David's uh, authority and leadership. Um, and in fact, the uh, in verse uh, 12 says, and the conspiracy conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. So Absalom is beginning a, a quiet underground revolution. Um, and uh, eventually he gets a large number of people to support him and uh, Jerusalem is threatened. And so David actually flees the Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, there's uh, why he did that. It was, you know, to make sure that the city wasn't destroyed, to protect the people he didn't want to, to fight Absalom. Um, you know, it, it just shows David's weakness in his leadership when it comes to his family. And now it's spilling out in the way that he is um, ruling uh, the people. And so you uh, you see David uh, uh, leaves. Uh, you, you're introduced to a, a guy named uh, Ittai the Gittite. Um, this was uh, basically a conscripted army, um, but Ittai the Gittite showed great loyalty to David and and came with David. Um, and uh, and and we get to the end of chapter. Uh, uh, 14 here, no, excuse me, 15. And I, I, I thought this was interesting. This is verse 31. It says, then someone told David saying, uh, Athophel is among the con- uh, conspirators with a- Absalom. And David said, oh Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Athophel into foolishness. All right? So he's, he is praying uh, that, that God will will turn the counsel that Absalom receives into foolishness so that this plot will eventually fail. And, uh, and I think David is, from the beginning, he, is, he, he wants this to resolve itself with Absalom not dying, um, right? That's probably why he didn't fight Absalom at the beginning. Um, and so he, he clearly um, desires for Absalom to, to live through this. Um, we are introduced at this time to a, another guy, Hushai. Um, uh, he actually goes back, uh, as you, you read there, he'll, he will go back and also become a, um, a counselor to Absalom, but yet he is loyal to David. So he's kind of a, a, a spy that we see. Um, that, right now, I'd encourage you to read Psalm 3. Um, Psalm 3 is uh, specifically, uh, it's labeled, it's a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Um, in, 
part of that that really I, I really liked was uh, verse 5 uh, to the end. It says, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. And so he's acknowledging that he's surrounded, but he is putting his trust solely in the Lord. Then we have uh, chapter 16. Um, th- this is uh, interesting as, as David is, is fleeing and continues to be moving uh, away from Absalom. Uh, he runs into Ziba. Remember Ziba uh, was from the uh, house of Saul, who David was was kind to. Um, this is the servant of Mephibosheth, and uh, Ziba is there and gives lots of, of aid to David. And uh, then the king said, uh, and where is your master's son? Talking about uh, Mephibosheth. And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem. For he said, today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom of my father to me. That interesting. The the love that David has shown to Mephibosheth when he saw an opportunity to maybe regain some power, um, he decided he was going to take it rather than be loyal to David. And, and so the king said to Ziba, here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. Um, and uh, Ziba said, I humbly bow before you that I may find favor in your sight, O Lord, uh, my king. You know, so uh, David, you, you, I mean, can you imagine? He, he made a promise to Jonathan. He keeps that. But then Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, um, turns his back completely on David. So David continues to reward Saul's household, though, uh, by uh, giving all of those, the, the things that were deserved by Mephibosheth to Ziba the serpent. So then we continue and we have an interesting, there's a, a guy named uh, Shimei. He uh, is a Benjamite, who that's the tribe of Saul. So he hated David uh, and he was cursing David to the point that uh, uh, David's men were like, uh, we'll just go kill that guy. And David's interest, uh, response is pretty interesting. He says, let him alone and let him curse. For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. So rather than David getting angry and striking out and punishing the guy or killing the guy, which would have been the normal thing uh, that a king would do, um, David says, you know what? Maybe God is going to use this in a way and that he can bring some good about this. Um, you know, that's a, that's a tough, but it's a healthy attitude for us to have rather than being uh, enraged by people who are mocking us, who are wishing us harm, rather than than becoming consumed with them and being angry towards them. uh, Maybe we should take that as, okay, you know what? Maybe God will bring some good about uh, out of the frustrating situation uh, that I'm uh, going through now. Um, Then we have Psalm 7, um, which is a 
uh, actually kind of connected, uh, it appears, to to this interaction uh, with this Benjamite who is uh, cursing David. Um, and this, this psalm is a prayer and praise for deliverance from enemies. Uh, it ends, uh, verse 14, Behold, the wicked bring forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out. He has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. All right, so we see that. I encourage you to read Psalm 7. Uh, then we, we continue uh, in uh, uh, the end of chapter 16 in 2 Samuel. Um, you see the 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 two advisors, um, Athaphel and uh, Hushai. So Athaphel. Athaphel um, is fully on Absalom's side. And so what he recommends uh, Absalom doing is making sure people know that Absalom is is considered the king now. And so what he does is he takes David's concubines and he sleeps with them. That was a cultural uh, symbol that, okay, this is now my household. So he does that. And then uh, Athaphel recommends that rather than going and fighting David's whole army, that they go and they find and kill David only um, and not all the other people. Uh, that way that maybe he can, can keep a civil war from happening if he just kills David. Um, that's actually probably was the wise advice. Uh, but there's also Hushai, who, remember, is a spy for David. And so the, the advice that he gives um, is that, no, you should make this a, a clear victory and go and destroy uh, all of David's uh, army, and you should go with him as well, Absalom. You should be leading that, uh, that, that charge and the army. Um, remember what David had prayed for that there would be foolishness uh, that, that was uh, counseled to Absalom. So what Hushai does, uh, Absalom is, listens to Hushai. Uh, it says, uh, verse 14, So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai is better than the advice of Athaphel, for the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Athaphel to the intent that the Lord might bring dis- disaster on Absalom. All right, so, so God is involved here, uh, foiling the plans of Absalom. Uh, so Hushai warns David to escape, um, gives him a heads up, so David is able to, uh, to um, pull back and then you know, gather his army and, and be ready. So in verse, or chapter 18, uh, we see that uh, they, they fight and that David's army is victorious. Um, and, uh, it just, this is one of the most interesting death stories, I think, in, in the Bible. Absalom is on a mule, uh, you know, trying to ride away, save his life. Uh, if you remember earlier reading, uh, maybe last week, that Absalom had really heavy hair, real thick hair. He would shave it every year and it would be really heavy. Uh, well, clearly it was very thick at this point. It gets tangled in the tree and the mule keeps going. It's kind of like one of these old uh, Western comedies or something. The hair gets caught in the tree, the mule keeps going, and Absalom's just hanging there. 
Um, and so um, uh, David had requested specifically um, that to go easy on Absalom. Well, the uh, some of the Joab's men tell him, say, hey, Absalom is caught in the tree. And Joab says, well, did you kill him? And they're like, uh, no, David said not to do that. And Joab was like, I don't care. He gets three spears and he puts them through Absalom's heart. So Joab kills Absalom. And at uh, the very uh, end of chapter uh, 18, uh, you, you, David uh, hears the, the news uh, and he is heartbroken. It says, then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he wept, he said, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died in your place, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. All right, we're going to stop there. Um, I encourage you to read uh, the next few verses. We'll go to at least uh, at least verse uh, chapter twenty three, so nineteen through twenty three, and then probably First Chronicles eighteen as well uh, for next Tuesday. Um, but we're going to see how uh, David's mismanagement with his family is also going to cause some some problem with his management of the country as well. So I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.